Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Welcome to Squanderlust, a podcast about the emotional side of money, why our actions aren't always as good as our intentions, and what, if anything, we can do about it. I'm Martha Lawton. And I'm Alex Lemon. And we're your hosts. Today on Squanderlust, why stereotypes aren't just stifling, they can be expensive. And why you need a financial advisor who keeps an open mind. Today's episode is all about stereotypes. We're going to be talking about a strange phenomenon where knowing that you are part of a stereotyped group can affect your behaviour, sometimes making you behave more like that stereotype. Mm. And what that means for your money. And what that means for your money. In case that wasn't obvious. (laughs) I want to address, first of all, the fact that stereotypes are, usually that, that word is used in a really negative way, right? They are sometimes quite destructive things, but we do actually ultimately need some. Hmm. I mean, in in theory, stereotypes are just collections of linked information. Hmm. And the trouble with them only really comes about when they're either factually inaccurate or they're sort of inflexible and they're taken to be the whole truth, Hmm. as if the stereotype is the only information you need about somebody, Hmm. as opposed to a kind of rule of thumb and then the person in front of you will reveal what is or isn't true about the stereotype with regards to themselves. Mm. So it's only really where either you just take the stereotype and swallow it whole or where you've been given something sort of third-hand and factually Mm. just wrong Mm. in your stereotype in the first place. That's where it it Mm. becomes trouble. Or you, or I guess, maybe it's spanning all of this, but you let that stereotype without, you know, it's almost without giving the other person a right to reply. Mm, <laughs> you just mm. then start making decisions about them for them based on, on that information. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which that. I guess is the whole truth thing. But Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Because I have this because I'm quite small. <laughs> In fact, I'm very small. Um, <laughs> I'm very small and I get a lot of the kind of, oh, you're just a little woman thing. Ugh. And um, <laughs> I'm really not. You're really uh, not. Really not. So, yeah, I, I get 
that quite a bit and it annoys me. People, you know, picking me up to move me. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, that happens. Or um, or like going, huh, you're just the right height for me to rest my elbow on. I'm like, no, I'm really not. <laughs> mm, I'm the right height to jab yeah. you in the kidneys as well. <laughs> yeah, I can bite your kneecaps off. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah. <laughs> Let's explore. Yeah. Let's explore Alex's smallness as we progress <laughs> through <laughs> the stereotype threat. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't feel like I encounter a lot of stereotypes in my day-to-day life, but I made some trips to Japan in my early 20s, lived there in total for just over a year, and there are Westerner stereotypes over there, and I would constantly feel like I had to live down those stereotypes and and try to disprove them Mm. because they involved Westerners being loud and obnoxious and ignorant about Japan Mm. and I really wanted to demonstrate that I had taken the time to learn about the culture and I wasn't just a sort of ignorant (laughs) ignorant European yeah Yeah. (laughs) actually even part of the stereotype is that all Westerners must be American right so that even that I had to sort of start from a Mm. position of no, no, I'm British. <laughs> but it can become really stifling when you're trying to constantly disprove a stereotype. Mm. That's just exhausting. Mm. Yeah. But interestingly, even at times when we're not consciously thinking about a stereotype, stereotypes can still affect how we behave. It's possible to be reminded of the fact that you are part of a stereotype group without consciously noticing that fact and I'll give you an example of that because it's really interesting and it is used to manipulate people by brands it's, this is a part of how branding works and how shops and businesses attempt to manipulate us into uh, spending more money than we might otherwise want to do so The key point in this is that if someone reminds you that you belong to a stereotype group, you will usually behave more like that stereotype. As long as the reminder is very subtle to the point where you don't notice it's happening. So you can be reminded at a subconscious level that you don't notice. And then you will probably behave a bit more like the stereotype group without even noticing you're doing it. Because this is also a thing that there's research on mm. in psychology. So we're not just saying this. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are not just... People just have gonna... done the science for yeah, us. Yeah, and we are going to talk about the science because we love to talk about <laughs> science. Um, so uh, I want to talk about a 1999 experiment, which, which just really shows this in a really interesting light. Maths tests, right? So... Math tests, useful in psychology because there are right or wrong answers and therefore you've got a very objective measure of something. They're very controllable from an experimental perspective. That's useful. But they're also something where there are different stereotypes about how good people are going to be at maths. Mm. And there's a stereotype that women are bad at maths. It's nonsense. nonsense. There's a stereotype. There's a stereotype that Asian people are good at maths. Again... It's a stereotype. Ain't automatically true. (laughs) All right. So what happens when you give Asian women a maths test? And the answer to that is it depends on whether they are reminded beforehand that they are Asian or whether they are reminded beforehand that they are women. Mm. Shin Patinsky and Ambadi 
gave two groups of Asian women math tests. One group were asked questions beforehand that subtly made them think about gender. So they were asked their questions about co-ed dormitories in universities. And the other group was asked questions that made them think about race without directly asking them, what is your race? Mm -hmm. So they were asked about languages they knew or the family's history in the US, that kind of thing. So the ones that were primed to think about gender underperformed on the maths tests and the ones that were primed to think about race overperformed mm. on the maths test. Mm. Mm. What? <laughs> All other things being equal, I'm sure, because this was yeah. research. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So bit weird, right? Um, they weren't sort of consciously made to think are you a woman? Women are bad at maths. Mm. And then given a maths test and told, you know, mm. women are bad at maths and then they did badly. But just... It was a little seed that was sown yeah. in the back of their mind. Exactly. Because this is what, you know, the main point about this is the subconsciousness of these mm. things. It's not, you know, it's not the fact that it's always obvious. Yes, exactly. And there's a, a related experiment which is kind of interesting, which is that um, this happens in practice with the math, as with the math test. It also happens in terms of self-perception. Mm -hmm. So if you remind Asian women that they're women, they will rate their maths ability lower and their verbal ability higher. If you remind them that they're Asian, they rate their maths ability uh, higher and their verbal ability lower. Mm. There's also an experiment that says how much you're affected depends on how much the people close to you say you fit the stereotype. So if you if the people who know you tell you that you're a super girly girl, then when if you get into an environment that primes you to think girliness, you're more likely to behave in the girly stereotype way. Mm. If the people who are close to you and know you tell you that that stereotype is not really relevant to you, then you will be less affected by this kind of priming subconscious effect, mm. Mm. which I think is quite interesting. Mm. What's even weirder, to some extent, we can all be at least a little bit affected by stereotypes that also don't apply to us. Mm. So if we get into an environment that reminds us of any stereotype, we can start to behave a little bit more like that group if we don't think about even it. Even if we're not part of it, it's even just the, part of the it. kind yeah. of subconscious um, going along shortcut this. in in the visuals or the language or something, the mm -hmm. environment that makes us yeah. Yeah, sort yeah, yeah, of yeah. start being a bit that way. Yeah. That's odd. odd. It is quite odd. So there was a, a thing where they made students read lists of pseudo-random words and they gave one group a genuinely random list of words and the other group had a list that was mostly random but also included words that are associated with old age. And then they just let them go and, and watch them as they walked down the corridor out of the uh, research lab. Mm. And the people who had been primed to think about old age walked more slowly out the corridor mm. as, <laughs> as if they were a bit arthritic mm. <laughs> or a bit fatigued mm. than the people who just had a genuinely random collection of words. Mm. So it's it's a bit odd, right? Yeah. And I'm kind of thinking... Like, what does this mean for my money, Martha? <laughs> what does this mean that I'm doing weirdly in my life? <laughs> it's like part of me is interested, part of me is terrified. Right? <laughs> right? Well, so it can mean that if a brand wants you to spend more money, they will attempt to create 
a stereotype of their ideal customer mm. and they will attempt to get you to associate yourself mm. with that ideal customer. And of course, their ideal customer buys lots of stuff mm. from their brand. Mm. And so they will attempt to link something in your core sense of who you are with their newly created stereotype. Mm. And then by creating that association between who you are and their stuff, mm. when you get into an environment where you might have access to buying their stuff, you're reminded, oh, people like me buy this stuff. Mm. And then you are more prone to actually buying the thing, whatever it might be. I'm really noticing at the moment the I am JD, JD Sports mm. advertising at the moment. Um, it's really creating this image of a particular group of young people and if you're part of that group of young people the natural obvious thing to do is buy JD stuff mm. it's just an inherent part of being one of those people mm. is is buying mm. JD stuff I actually used to work a lot in um, marketing <laughs> for my sins along with accountancy <laughs> must have done a lot of sinning in a former life <laughs> Um, if only I could remember all the fun of the sinning. Um, yeah, and it, this was like a, a huge part of content marketing, particularly. So part of the marketing plan was, you know, creating personas around certain types of customer that companies had. There was this like, fashion brand that I work for and they would have, you know, a very distinct, like, silly name, like mm -hmm. Sally spends a lot and stuff like that. I just yeah. made want to throw myself through the hermetically sealed window of the shiny <laughs> office building that I was in. Obviously never going to get any marketing work again. So they'd have, have these names of different personas and they would have all specific characteristics and even, you know, this is pulling on data that they have about customers as well and, and they would create these very specific sort of stereotypes around it and then using the other data they then feed them with imagery on, mm -hmm. you know, even down to certain days of the week or points in the month and, yeah. you know, what sort of things from their lines would they be interested in but not be interested in and create that kind of personalisation to create this feeling of, oh yeah, that's totally 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 me that's totally like me therefore let me help you shift some units yeah <laughs> you know definitely and, you know it, it, part of it's sold as the sort of oh, we're just helping you find surface what you want but um but it's actually you know it, it's just shifting units at the end of the day making you spend things and cool yeah. if you like that stuff but it also encourages you very much to overspend and to feel like you have to overspend yes Absolutely. And to feel like you're not really you if yeah. you don't have certain things. Mm. Yeah, if you don't behave a certain way with your money, then you you can't be who you really are. Mm. Yes, exactly, exactly. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Um, one that I, that I also think is is really interesting, which comes about in food marketing, you see stereotypes of people who have no control around that particular food stuff. Mm. You you will see people who who will go to ridiculous lengths to get their hands on a piece of junk food of some description mm. because mm. their craving for it is so intense. Mm. And again, I think that's creating a. Mm. A link between, you know, not just I have this craving, mm. but, like, you know, if you associate yourself with the the character that they've developed, mm. but my craving is, you know, intense to the point where I will do mm. <laughs> ridiculous or harmful things in mm. order to get this stuff. Mm. And I think that fits into this same thing that they're they're sort of trying to remind you of the brand. And when you see the brand, you associate it with behaving in this ridiculous way and having these intense cravings mm. rather than a tasty bag of crisps or a fairly normal chocolate bar, <laughs> whatever it might be. Because also stereotypes aren't just about the kind of really obvious non-human, like being desperately out of control with a snack. It's also they there are things that make us part with our cash that tap into the very ordinary side of us. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. You were talking before about particularly to do with financial stuff as well, yeah. that, you, you know, unless it's credit cards, <laughs> which is all about glitzy lifestyles and looking beautiful and young and yeah. aspirational, as they say in marketing. It's um, a lot of the financial side of things is marketed to us as, as we are quite ordinary people, just being ordinary, ordinary souls doing ordinary things with our ordinary amounts of money. Please take out our policy. Please um, get our funeral protection plan. Yeah, I obviously spend a lot of time watching daytime TV. That <laughs> 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 yeah, it's it's not always the kind of what a stereotype is in uh, in the way things are marketed us isn't necessarily really obvious sometimes. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You'll you'll see in a lot of financial marketing some quite almost plain people mm. whose main distinguishing trait quite often is how much they love their family. Mm. And and that, again, is, you know, are you a person who loves your family? <laughs> Welcome to our stereotype mm. group. You must buy our kitchen cupboards <laughs> or our funeral protection plan. <laughs> Take out one of our mortgages. Mm. So the the association there is is really strong and... I think becoming aware of what stereotype groups you could belong to mm. and starting to spot the stereotype groups that advertisers are trying to create mm. is a, 
a helpful way of sorting out, well, taking a step back and saying, do I really like this thing because I like it? Or do I like this thing? Or do I think this thing is good and for me? Mm because somebody else has decided it's for me. This taps into some of the stuff we discussed in an episode in uh, season one. Hi, back with the link. You know, I love to do this. But we looked at values and valuing your money mm. and like, what are your core values around money? And if you can actually scrape the surface back to what you really care about that you can spend your money on that you'll get more out of. Because obviously, you know, marketing does serve a purpose. It shows us things that we might need and we might want. And yeah. that's great. But there is, you know, also a lot of should around it where we are then compelled to buy things that we don't want, don't need, don't actually get much out of. And yet we've parted with a lot of our cash for it. So, you know, if you want to listen back to values and valuing, and this is definitely a part of, you know, overcoming the the information overload that makes us go and spend on things that actually don't bring us the joy that we really want. Yes. And similarly, pay attention to when something is being sold as a stereotype group that doesn't include you as well. Mm. Mm. Because just because it's not being marketed to you doesn't mean it's not for you. Mm. If you would like to try it, mm. maybe you would get value out of it. Maybe it would be great for you. Mm. Marketing yeah. can be quite exclusive yeah, it as is. well. It's very exclusive. Because I was thinking, you know, about stereotyping, like, and our experiences being stereotyped, and maybe it's because we fit you know, currently fit into, you know, quite a lot of those stereotypes. We can see ourselves out there a lot more, but there are a lot of people who don't see themselves portrayed in, you know, marketing mm. materials or in, you know, we did talk about in Values and Valuing episode about the influence of media around us, the wider media, kind of TV yeah. shows and films and that kind of thing. That, you know, if you don't see yourself, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have these nice things. Yes. You know, that you are no more or less entitled to them than anyone else. Yes. Yes, absolutely. One of the things I was thinking about with regard to stereotypes and, and stereotypes threats, there's also this idea that if you know that you belong to a group that about which there are negative stereotypes and you are in a situation where you know a negative stereotype could be applied to you and you're trying to avoid the behaviour that would reinforce that stereotype, that can be quite nerve-wracking, mm. quite distracting. Mm. It can actually make us underperform. And then when we're underperforming, we're reinforcing the stereotype. It's really yeah. frustrating yeah. position to get into. And you can also reinforce the stereotype that you are, because, you know, the flip side of you being stereotyped is that you can be stereotyping those other people who are having that opinion about you. Mm. So you were talking about, there, you know, being a situation where you might be going to get some financial advice mm. and you might feel like you know say if I went in as this little woman maybe I would get the little woman thing who doesn't really know what she's talking about from some you know quite patronizing mm. man in a shiny suit sort of thing and that I am going to be distracted by not being perceived you know like that and not asking the questions I want and like you said kind of being distracted by that and not getting actually what I need yeah um and reinforcing his stereotype of little women but I'm also like not properly listening and maybe he's giving me really good explanations of things, but I'm slightly distracted by the fact that I think he's, you know, or I think he's treating me that way, yep. that I am in my own way reinforcing the stereotype about him. You know, it can, yeah, it it's can distracting cut both on ways. both sides. Yeah. 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 Mm. <laughs> then everyone hates everyone. <laughs> we end up with World War Three. Um, that escalated quickly. I just went for some more good advice. <laughs> Sorry about that drama. 
<laughs> but I think this is also a thing between, like, even if you're just talking about financial issues or money stuff with with friends or with family or something, yeah. um, you know, the underlying thing there being that you don't feel your situation is properly recognised or heard yeah. and that you can be very bristly, you know, to be honest, in any any advice in life from somebody else, you can be very bristly if you don't think they're coming at your problem from your situation and trying yeah. to understand yours first. So, um, yeah, you can sort of reject and, you know, reinforce your view of, you don't understand because you've not been through this, you don't, you know, and actually we all need to take a step back from those sorts of stereotypes. Yeah, Sometimes. 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 Sometimes they're really useful. <laughs> <laughs> so just go and find someone nicer to talk to about it. Well, that's that's exactly it. Actually, one of the things I wanted to say is, you know, sometimes you just need to be aware that somebody is stereotyping it. And if you can, go somewhere else mm. and get that better advice. Step mm. back. Don't, don't tolerate it mm. just because it's the first person you've spoken to. It is worth going somewhere where if you're getting advice where you feel properly heard, mm. don't just assume that everybody's going to be going to be terrible and put you in that box. And then paying attention, if you're in a sort of stereotyping environment, paying attention to whether you're in a stereotyping environment in the first place, actually. Mm. But paying attention if you are in one, you know, whether you feel comfortable with going along or trying to disprove the stereotype or just dealing with it it's okay you feel reasonably comfortable that it is more or less applying to you in this particular situation but yeah if you need to get out get out mm. I know there are times when I might be in a particular shop or a particular place and I start feeling like I'm almost not behaving like me I'm behaving like a type mm. of person and I will leave because I don't feel comfortable about that. I feel like the environment is shaping me in a way that I'm not good with. Mm. It does take a bit of practice to do that, but it's worth doing if the alternative is you're going to, you know, drop a bunch of money on something that you would not normally buy mm. and then you're going to regret that purchase. Mm. And the other thing that you can do to try and, and fight all of this now I'm going to do the callback. <laughs> We've just done an episode on fixed and growth mindsets. Yeah. And a growth mindset, which is the mindset that says that our innate characteristics and abilities are only a starting point. They're not the limit of our capabilities. Mm -hmm. That growth mindset helps us to be less affected by stereotypes. Because mm. uh, stereotypes are inherently sort of a fixed mindset tool, really, aren't they? Exactly. They're just like... A label, a box, you're yeah. in it, that's it, not going anywhere. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you should be open to new information, <laughs> informing that view and growing. Exactly. <laughs> so, yes, growth mindsets helping to protect us against stereotype threat and helping to protect us from behaving in ways that we don't really want to behave in because we've been primed to think about stereotypes around ourselves. Basically, we just love growth mindsets. You've been listening to Squanderlust, a podcast about the emotional side of money. Your hosts were Martha Lawton and Alex Lemon. You can find us online at squanderlustpod.com, where we'll put links to show notes, books and articles we mention, and other interesting things. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or you have a story to tell about something you've heard here, get in touch through the website. If you enjoyed Squanderlust, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and rate us too. The more stars you give, the happier we get. 
And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Scondalust is sponsored by Wardour Studios in Fitzrovia, London, with production by David Smith, Charlie Brandon King and Alicia Cunningham. Our theme music is by Wardour Studios and graphic design by Jason Reed. Thanks for listening. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.